We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. Uh, you can find all of my work at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, and you can follow the pod account, too, if you'd like to, at Step Back Mavs on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and be sure to follow DallasBasketball.com's Facebook page as well. Uh, we've got content churning 24-7. Uh, today, I have a special guest, uh, newly minted uh, editor and writer at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, we talked with him about you know joining the, the team a few times over the last year or so, uh, and we finally got him to join us here recently. It's my guy, Michael Mulford. Uh, formerly with uh, Dallas Fanatic, so he has similar roots uh, that I do. I, I started out when uh, when Michael Lark had it, and it was Mavs Fanatic back in the day. I uh, started out there and then eventually made my way to Mavs Moneyball and then uh, eventually signed on with Fish. So we have something in common there, Mulf, uh, but I'm, I'm super happy to have you here. Uh, y'all be sure to go follow him on Twitter at the Mulf. M-U-L-F. Uh, but, Moff, what's up, man? How are you feeling today? What's up, man? Yeah, long time coming. Uh, I know we've chatted over the years. Um, but, uh, you know, happy to be here. Happy to be working with you and Fish and Grant and everyone uh, here at, at DallasBasketball.com and, and uh, really ready, ready to cover the maps. Yeah, and, I mean, look, this I, I go through uh, a lot of what what I call tryout periods. Uh, you know, where people, people join and we have this, you know, week or so and see if it fits and everything. And, uh, I honestly, what, you know, me and, uh, fish, we had talked about it. Like we were just planning to go, you know, the rest of the year, if, if nothing opened up, uh, immediately, we were just going to go the rest of the year and not, you know, not add anybody. But, you know, when, when this came up, it was just like, you know, we're, we're going to do this. This is an exception because, you know, you're probably going to fit in like a glove. And so far, uh, I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I think it's a seamless fit, and I'm I'm glad to have you on the team. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely been seamless, like you said. Um, you know, happy to be here, and 
Yeah, man. Well, look, we're going to just jump right into uh, Mavs content here. Uh, the, the game tonight against the Utah Jazz, the surprising Utah Jazz. Uh, I've mentioned it a few times on previous pods, but, you know, they're they're six and two right now. Uh, Will Hardy just has those guys. You know, they don't they don't really have a superstar, although Laurie Markkinen is, you know, approaching that level, uh, averaging 21 points per game. He's been amazing for them. But they're just really – well balanced across the board uh they're getting contributions from you know pretty much all of their starters and a lot of people on their bench and uh they they seem to have early chemistry uh it's just it's a really good feel good situation for utah right now after so many people thought they were going to pull the plug and just tank this year uh, that hasn't been the case so far and instead of having an easy win like we might have you know, thought would happen uh, when the schedule came out before the season started. Uh, it's going to be a tough one for the Mavs tonight, especially if they can't figure out how to get off to better starts, you know, with uh, with JaVale McGee starting. So uh, I guess my first question for you, Moff, is what, what are some of the biggest things you're looking forward to tonight? And, uh, I mean, are you with me there that this is going to be more challenging than people realize for the Mavs? Yeah, I mean, with the Jazz, they just looking at their roster, it's it's really fascinating. Just they have so many just irrational confidence chuckers, and you got Clarkson and Malik Beasley and Colin Sexton and THT, just a bunch of dudes who who think that they're the best player on the floor every time they they step out there. Um, and like you said, you know, Lori Bird, he's looking like you know young Dirk out there. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, he's come off his his Euro basket run and and he's really um you know taking his game to the next level. Um but yeah, like you mentioned, getting off to a fast start tonight is is crucial for the Mavs because even though you know everyone kind of booked the the Jazz as you know the front runner to try to land uh Victor Wembanyama in the draft next year, you know, that's from the front office's perspective. You know, these guys on the Jazz roster, they don't care about a draft pick next year when half of these dudes won't even be on the team next year. So, you know, you got a bunch of guys on the Jazz who know that, you know, everyone's kind of looking down upon them, you know, across the league and, you know, media and fans. And, I mean, they, they're they coming out there and they're playing with pride and they're playing with, you know, a lot of heart and effort. And, uh, you know, they're they're six and two, for you know, for a reason. And uh, they're not to be, you know, um, looked down upon. Uh, the Jazz are playing really good basketball. And I'm not saying that this this level of play that they're currently at can be sustained for the entire season. Right, of course. You know, if, if, if it does, then, you know, more power to them. But as of right now, as things stand, what a nut punch to the Minnesota Timberwolves that they're having the struggles they're having to start this Man. season and gave up, <laughs> gave up the farm for Rudy Gobert. And, you know, the the Jazz also traded Donovan Mitchell, and here they are, you know, not even skipping a beat. You know, I, I'd argue that, you know, they're starting off this year even better uh, than they did last year with uh, with both Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert when the vibes weren't weren't great in that situation. So, I mean, good good for them. Danny Ainge is a wizard. He always finds a way to uh, – yep. To, to turn franchises around. So <laughs> good for him. And he still might add some more draft picks to his stockpile, you know, depending on how the, 
uh, the rest of the first half of this season goes and, you know, what he can get by the trade deadline. But uh, and honestly, honestly, for the Jazz, you know, everyone expected them to be one of the worst teams in the league. But this might honestly work in Danny Ainge's favor. Having all these guys play good basketball to start the season, you know, someone like Mark. Oh, absolutely. Hit, someone like Markinen, his stock is up. You know, Olenek, Malik Beasley. These guys have played good basketball to start the season to where, you know, they're going to have the, – the Jazz are going to have more offers for these guys, you know, come trade deadline. Um, and, yeah, with and I guess tonight the biggest thing outside of giving off – getting off to a big start for the Mavs is defending the three. Uh, the Jazz shoot the second most threes per game. Um, they shoot at a pretty high clip too, uh, right, kind of right in the middle of the league. But yeah, defending the three with with a bunch a bunch of these guys like Clarkson and Beasley and um, Olenek, guys who shoot the the three at a pretty high clip, will be crucial for the Mavs wings uh, defending the perimeter tonight. Yeah, and I mean, look, I was going through the uh, the box score of their their last game against the Grizzlies. They've beaten the Grizzlies in back to back games now. Yeah, yeah. And you look on the bench and, you know, Malik Beasley scoring double-digit points off the bench. You got uh, Horton Tucker, who they got from the Lakers in that Patrick Beverly trade, who's, you know, I don't know. I don't think his percentages are great, but he's still playing well for them off the bench, in my opinion. You got Colin Sexton coming off the bench. I mean, this team has a lot of talent. I mean, they're they're really yeah, – they I, I, I know they were overlooked, but – you know, maybe they shouldn't have been. <laughs> maybe, maybe people just got so caught up in those big trades and, you know, assuming they were going to tank, but they didn't, you know, look at the full picture of, of how deep uh, the roster is, even though they don't have a, you know, a Luka Doncic-level star on their team. But, uh, you know, speaking of Luka, he tied Michael Jordan's uh, record for, you know, starting the season off six consecutive games uh, well, I don't know if that's actually the record, but it was the last time this ever happened was in 1986. Michael Jordan started the season off for the Bulls, uh, scoring 30-plus in each of the first six games. He ended up going on to average 37 points a game that season. Uh, Luca has done that six games in a row. He'll try to pass MJ tonight if he can get to 30-plus. Obviously, he he would much rather take the W than the points, but if he gets both, you know, it's a double win. What are you expecting from Luka tonight? Uh, me and my uh, my new co-host, Drew Johnson, uh, we've talked about it a few times over the last few pods about how we're concerned with uh, Luka's usage rate uh, and, you know, if it's sustainable, this level of play. I think the level of play for Luka right now is sustainable. Yeah. Uh, over the course of the season, just because I feel like he's doing it so easily. Uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily what you want uh, for the rest of this season, because when you get to the postseason, I mean, these guys are human beings. Eventually, there's going to be some fatigue set in if he doesn't get a little bit more help along the way. So I guess my it's a two part question here. One, uh, what do you expect from Luca tonight against the Jazz? And two, uh, do you think what he's doing is sustainable for the rest of this year? Uh, for tonight, I, I see a lot of the same of what we've we've seen so far this season. Um, Luca's really on a roll. He's being aggressive. He's shooting like sixty five percent from two um, and nearly eighty percent from the free throw line. So I think I'd like to see him continue that progression towards the basket. Um, whether that's 
attacking on his own and looking for his own shot at the rim or attacking to kick out to to guys like, you know, Bullock and and Timmy and, and Dodo to get those guys more, more in a groove uh, from outside. They've all kind of started slow um, so far this season. And for Luca, you know, his, I know, you know, everyone loves the step back when it's falling, but so far this season, it hasn't been falling. He's shooting, I think, below 25% from three. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's at 20. Hold on. I'm right here at it. He is at 22.6% on threes this year so far, which is crazy. You know, he's averaging 36.7 a game yeah. and 36.7. So literally a point per minute right now. And yet he's shooting so horribly from three. Like what would we be watching right now if he was actually, if he was just hitting like 30% from three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd be, he'd be North of 40 points a game. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think long-term wise, you know, this isn't sustainable, I don't think. Um, and I don't think Luca or the team, you know, want him to have this high of a usage, um, and especially with him coming off of, you know, playing in Eurobasket. So he's, you know, he came into the season in shape, obviously, from playing all summer. But, you know, he still had those those early miles on him, which, you know, most guys don't have. Um, so I think in due time, you know, guys are going to, you know, get more in a groove like Timmy and, and Spencer and, um, you know, fingers crossed Christian Wood gets some more playing time and gets the ball in his hands a little more uh, to kind of take that load off of Luca, So he's not, you know, having some crazy, you know, historic usage. Yeah. And it's, it's weird, you know, somebody, uh, uh, my guy Glenn on Twitter, I, I don't know his last name, but I, I follow him on Twitter. He tweeted out something earlier today. Um, uh, that he thought Luca was doing a good job of getting uh, Wood involved in the preseason in the first three games, and that they've kind of gotten away from that here in the last last three games. And he asked the question, "Do you blame Luca or Kid or both?" Uh, and my answer was, you know, I, I think it mostly goes on Kid uh, for how strict he is with his rotations, uh, because you know, if you look at the you look at the first game against Phoenix. I feel like if he's not just dead set on playing Wood a certain amount of minutes and rides the hot hand with him, you know, the Mavs probably end up winning that game. Uh, and then you look at the fifth game, the OKC meltdown, where they were up 16 with less than four minutes left. Uh, you know, Josh Green made a significant impact in that game. Yeah, and yeah. if if he leaves that group in there – which, I mean, I know people had a lot of gripes about Rick Carlisle, but, you know, that was one of the things that Rick was good about. When when certain lineups had it going, had it rolling, you know, he might play J.J. Barea 40 minutes in a game if, <laughs> you know, if, if that lineup's working. So, uh, you know, if, if, he, if he doesn't stay so strict with his rotations in those two games and he just keeps going with what's working, the Mavs are likely 5-1 and one right now. And we're not even having this discussion about, you know, is Luca getting Wood involved enough? Um, but, you know, as far as the, I mean, I, I do think the team in general needs to look for Wood more because in that last game against the Magic, uh, and I'm sure you probably noticed it too, but, you know, especially when Luca wasn't out there on the floor and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, was out there with Christian Wood, I mean, every time THJ gets the ball, you know he's going for his own shot. I mean, he, he there were multiple opportunities where he could have, you know, gotten it to Wood uh, in, in favorable matchups for Wood offensively, 
and it just didn't happen. Um, and that's not really – I mean, t- uh, THJ ended up with like 20-plus points, but yeah. he shot 5 of 15 from the field. <laughs> yeah. So you'd like to see him be a little a little more uh, passive uh, when he's out there with Wood. But just looking at this, uh, you know, the, the McGee versus Wood situation, I was looking on NBA.com uh, stats and just looking at the, the two-man lineups just because I was curious. And uh, Luca and Wood have shared the floor for 93 minutes so far this year through six games, and they're a plus 32 on the year. Luca and McGee have shared the floor for 58 minutes through five games, and they're a negative 18. There's a common denominator there. Yeah, yeah, def- that definitely uh, – that second number definitely speaks to the slow starts. Yeah, and, I mean, you look at McGee's individual, you know, advanced stats too, and, it, you know, it all lines up. It's – I think this is a – this is a too much McGee, not enough Luca plus Seawood uh, plus Jason Kidd just not riding, you know, the hot hand, but – we, we know how, you know, Jason Kidd, he coached a hell of a year last year. Yep. Uh, he, he proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, and he's just he's just kind of off to a sluggish, I don't want to call it a full, full-on sophomore slump uh, this year. But, you know, he's just, he's just having a slower time getting in his, in his groove so far. So hopefully that changes. Uh, I hope there's nothing like, you know, I hope, you know, Tim McMahon, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I forgot what podcast it was. You probably saw it yesterday, Mulf. But he was uh, talking about how he felt like Jay Kidd. It almost felt like he's trying to break Christian Wood. Like, no, nah, you're just a role player. You know, right. yeah. You, you know, you might think you're a star level player, but that's not who you are here. You're going to be a role player, and you're going to stick to this role. Yada yada yada. I hope that's not the case because I mean, we saw through those first three games what Wood is capable of doing when he gets the opportunity. Right. Uh, and I just I, – I hope it's more of a situation where they try to pair him with a with a guy like Maxie, you know, to make up for any defensive uh, defen- deficiencies. 
uh, rather than just not playing him at all because they don't think he's a capable defender. So, I mean, what, what's your situ- what's your thoughts on this Christian Wood situation? You know, is it a, is it an easy situation to manage going forward? Yeah, I think with with Kid, he's kind of you know to start the season, he's been kind of stuck in his ways, trying to prove a point. Um, obviously, he's you know, Kid's a very you know just defensive minded coach. Um, and we see that closing games, who's on the floor, you know, it's outside of Luca, it's always going to be Reggie and Dodo and Maxi. you know, that fifth person, you know, might be Wood, might be Timmy, might be, might be Spencer. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you made a good point with having, you know, having Wood on the floor with Maxi to close games. Um, you know, I think you just, you look at what Wood has done so far you know, with the Mavs in such a short stint and such, you know, limited minutes for a guy with his skill set. Um, like, you know, he, he just needs to be on the floor, man. I mean, I'm sure kids sees that. And I'm sure the coaching staff, you know, have their meetings and, and say the same thing, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, I hope, like you said, hopefully what McMahon said, you know, kid trying to prove a point and break wood, um, you know, isn't the point. Obviously he's in a, Woods in a contract year, um, you know he has, you know aspirations of, of being an all star and and you know being you know a lot you know bigger having a bigger role uh, in this league. So um, it's early, um, but you know grand scheme of things down the line, you know when we're in the playoffs, Christian Woods going to need to be on the floor and he's going to be on need to be on the floor a lot and he's going to be need to be on the floor uh, in crunch time. There's a lot of speculation about, you know, whether Chris, Christian Wood is truly content with this role. Cause I mean, he said all the right things. He's, yeah. He uh, has said all the right things. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been a, he's been a trooper. I mean, uh, there has been no sign from him thus far that, you know, what he's saying is, is false and he's just trying to, you know, put up a front and he's really discontent uh, with that role. So, I mean, I almost wonder if it's a situation where they're like, okay, do what you can do in this limited role, limited minutes. We're not going to just like overbear you uh, mm-hmm. with, with minutes right now, but it's like, okay, when we get to the playoffs, when JaVale McGee is completely unplayable and honestly, he's kind of been unplayable right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you, when we get to the playoffs, it's like, okay, we're, we're just going to completely unleash you. You'll be rested. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's the hope, or you know, maybe that's what they're trying to uh, uh, convey to him. I don't know. I don't know what the situation. I I think they should just play him a little bit more. You know, Javale McGee's averaging what twelve minutes a game. So I mean, you could. I mean, I know you can't just bench one of your main uh, free agency signings. Hopefully, he can he can try to pick it up. Uh, but you know, he's thirty four years old. If it just doesn't work out that's 12 minutes a game that you can add, you know, you could split the difference mm-hmm. there and give six, yep. more, six more minutes to wood, six more minutes to Josh green. And there you go. Yeah. So. And, and I, I tweeted this out a few days ago, just with JaVale. It's like, you know, you don't want to call for anyone's job, you know, this soon in the season, especially for a guy that just got here. But like at this point with the way JaVale is playing um, and being played off the floor, I mean, he's looking like a a future just salary filler 
in a trade, whether that comes, you know, this February or in the off season or whatever, but it's just, it doesn't look promising, um, especially for a guy who's, you know, already 34 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 34 years old. And then, you know, he'll be 36 when he starts his, you know, the last year of this right. contract he signed. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it was kind of an odd signing when, when it happened, I kind of talked myself into it, you know, mm. the more I looked into his, his stats last year. And then there was a stretch with Phoenix. Uh, I think they were like 12 and five with him as a starter last year. And he played really well uh, in Deandre Ayton's absence. So, you know, I was, I was, I kept thinking to myself, well, you know, this can work. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a case of his, you know, him being a little bit older guy, uh, you know, by NBA standards at least. And maybe it just, maybe it's just going to take him a little bit longer, you know, to get, get going, you know. Uh, yeah. And I think Mavs fans were just kind of tired of, of Dwight Powell being a starter for the Mavs year after year. Man, Powell's been amazing. And Powell's, and pa- I mean, Powell's such a trooper. Like he is the ultimate teammate. So when he's gotten, you know, he's gotten like three, DMP CDs already this year, but when his number is called, he's ready and he gives 110% effort. Him and Luca have amazing chemistry. So it's like, after all that's said by Mavs fans about Powell over the years, you look at him, you look at Mavs Twitter now and they are calling for Powell to be on the floor. That's how, that's how sour people are to, to JaVale already. Yeah, and I mean, one thing that you're always going to get with Dwight Powell, no matter what, you know, even though his arms might not be long enough to grab every rebound or block every shot or, you know, whatever, what you're going to always get with Powell is effort. That That's never in question. He's going to bring energy. He has an instant chemistry with Luka. It seems like the only big that, you know, Luka can consistently – throw lobs too perfectly <laughs> i can't explain their chemistry they just yeah. they just have it uh and uh, you know obviously it's a really really small sample size but you know i saw somebody post the uh offensive rating defensive rating between you know luca and powell so far this year and i think uh, offensive rating was getting close to like 130 defensive rating was like 97 so uh you know that's obviously not sustainable but that just lets you know how good those two have been uh, when playing together so far this season. So uh, I hope it works out. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure JaVale is still starting tonight. I haven't, I haven't seen the yeah. uh, projected stars, but I'm pretty sure he's still starting tonight. Uh, Christian Wood, he was initially listed as questionable yesterday with a non COVID illness, uh, which was kind of weird timing to me because, you know, I <laughs> there, there's been some stuff, some whispers going on, uh, you know, about the him potentially being discontent with the role and everything, despite what he said. Again, you know, he said all the right things, so I don't know. I don't know if there's any merit to that. But yeah. uh, today they announced that he's probable now. So he's he's yeah. more than likely he's playing and there's nothing to worry about there. So, um Last thing here, Mulf, and then I'll I'll get you out of here. But, um, you know, for the most part, the Mavs have been as healthy as you could ask during this opening stretch, aside from uh, Frank Nielakina and Davis Bertans. And not to say that those guys would have a major, major impact 
anyway. But, you know, they're two capable guys. They're two guys that had their moments during the postseason run. Uh, so, you know, anytime you have more options, that's a good thing. I mean, it gives you a better chance to win. If something's not working, you can throw somebody in there. Neil Aquina is a, an elite perimeter defender. Uh, he's really active with his off-ball defense. Bertans, he's a sniper. Uh, you know, he, he didn't look good in Washington last year, but when he made it to Dallas, uh, he, he re regained that three point marksmanship that we saw from the San Antonio days. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with them. You know, they, they got the, uh, I think it's Neil has got the foot effusion and then Bertans has a knee effusion and they've been out all season and it's like, I don't want to be too pessimistic about it. I know when there's like injuries involved and there's fluid and all that, you know, it it takes a little bit longer to recover from it. But like when you keep seeing the same thing for multiple games and there's no like actual updates, it makes me think back to like the, the early Seth Curry days during his first stint when they were just like so vague. vague, (laughs) He was on the injury report for like, two months straight with the same thing. And then they're finally just like, okay, well, you know, he's having surgery for a stress fracture. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to predict something like that's going to happen, but it just makes me worry. So, I mean, what what do you think the the deal is with those two? Do you think we could potentially see them uh, back in action at some point? It's funny because just when you look at the injury report, seeing an effusion is not something you see, every day on the report and i can't think of the last time i've seen a knee or ankle effusion on an injury report specific especially two on the same team um yeah i mean like you said hopefully it's not um a seth curry situation where there's more of an underlying issue that um the team is being vague about um i will say i mean luckily for the mavs it's not two guys that are mainstays in the rotation. Um, you know, it's a guy like Frank and, and Davis who definitely have their, their role on the Mavs and, you know, their, their niche role, they both do it really well. Uh, Davis and shooting and, and Frank and, and defending. Um, yeah. Hope, I mean, hopefully they're back. I mean, like you said, it, more options are, are better and, and not just not just for the on court stuff, you know. I mean, obviously, if those two are healthy, they can provide something for you throughout right. a eighty two game regular season. But you know, for potential trade stuff too. I mean, Bertans was seen as you know an untradeable contract until you know met with KP's untrade untradeable contract yeah. <laughs> paired with Dinwiddie. <laughs> so it's like if you have any chance of flipping that, I mean, he's got to, he's got to be healthy and he's got to go out there and, you know, show you something like he did at the end of last year. So, uh, Neil Aquino, not so much cause he's on an expiring deal and, you know, he's, he's only making like three, 4 million, I think. So that's not as much of a, as much of a thing as, as Breton showing you something, but, uh, on the flip side, that, that could be part of it. The Mavs could be being super cautious with these two guys because they know that, hey, these these two guys are two contracts that we could that could easily be a part of a trade, um, you know, come February. So they could be playing right. it, playing it smart and um, slow rolling these guys back to the lineup. 
And I also wonder if like the effusion thing, because we used to always see it with KP. There were so many games where KP would miss and on the injury report, you know, they'd list something, something soreness. And like soreness is not an injury. (laughs) (laughs) If if somebody's resting, then they're resting, but like they'd always put soreness and it make you think like, well, that's, that's not a, that's just a symptom. That's not a, a cause for injury. So it made you, I don't know. It, it made me galaxy brain a lot of times when I saw sure, that. So yeah. may, may, maybe a fusion is just a more technical way of saying or, and they're, they're just not going to risk putting them out there. But, uh, well, Mulf, look, I appreciate it, man. Uh, again, you know, Mavs jazz tonight. Uh, we're hoping, hoping for the best. It's, it's a good challenge for the Mavs after having, you know, three days off now. Uh, well, three days off, including today. Uh, and I think, I think we're going to have a good one tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if the Mavs are going to end up winning or not, but I, I feel like the effort level is going to be there. They've started off so many games slowly that I think that's going to be a big emphasis. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get off to a, uh, a better start tonight than what we've seen in the last week. So, Mulf, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you'll have to yeah, do it man. again sometime. Yeah, always, man. All right, that's Michael Mulford. You can find him at Twitter, at the Uh Be sure to go follow him if you haven't, haven't already. Uh, again, he is uh, newly minted at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, go check out his work there and the rest of our team uh, on every game day and the days in between. We've got a lot of stuff going on on a daily basis. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good rest of your day, rest of your week. Uh, I'll be back first thing in the morning with uh, the NBA Roundup with all the other games that happen uh, on a nightly basis. And be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a good one.